0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on April the 19th, 2022. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me as always, as I catch my breath...
1: And think about it really hard, caffeine rage... (laughs)
0: On today's show, we will, of course, discuss the games that we have played. We're going to have a couple of topics coming straight from Community Corner. A California lawyer quits over allegations that Newsom meddled in Activision's case. And ads reportedly are coming to the Xbox free-to-play games later this year. Finally, we should have a Steam Discovery queue this time. Uh, Maybe things will get in the way of it, but seems unlikely. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage.
1: Hello.
0: What's crackalackin'?
1: Uh, not too much. Just kind of a boring day, or semi-boring day. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Trying to keep uh, a very inquisitive cat out of uh, boxes, because uh, I still have, uh, you know, boxes everywhere, because, yeah. Right? We're lazy. Yes. And also, it's kind of a yes, perpetual thing. and just haven't moved them down to the basement. And Nimbus has decided to start exploring uh, her environment. And that involves crawling into sealed-off boxes and trying to drag right. things out of them. So, she got sprayed with the water gun, <laughs> and she's very upset about it. As you do, right?
0: As one does. Especially of the feline persuasion, being upset about that.
1: Yeah, she gets very vocal about it, considering she's deaf. Yeah, I mean, it, she had a high odds of being deaf anyway. She's white with blue eyes. Uh, you yeah, know, post like six months, so uh, a form of albinism.
0: Yeah, albinism—that's a fun word.
1: Yeah, she's an album.
0: <laughs> Which one?
1: Or as Sean Connery would call it an anal bum cover.
0: <laughs> oh indeed. Indeed. So I don't know how to how to transition, so I'm just not going to in a clever way and say, Hey Rage, you want to go talk about the stuff that we played and did
1: this week? Well, it never stopped you before.
0: That's right.
1: Uh, um, since yeah, I was going to ask, did you want to cover your thing first or at least yeah? Since
0: I've yeah, since I'm making a little bit of a sandwich, I will go first Send and help then
1: last. Send help.
0: So this past week, I went to go see Sonic 2, the uh, sequel Sonic movie. Um, I took my kid to go see it. Uh, fun fact: the first Sonic movie was the last movie that we saw pre-COVID.
1: And, so. and the second one, the last movie you see, uh, post-COVID.
0: Touche. Um, so for people who who didn't watch the first one, or it wasn't on your radar, or you just thought it was going to be stupid because the whole deal with, uh, Sonic's design, character design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was pretty good. There were some parts of it, especially in the beginning, where it's kind of slow, um, but once it ramps up and it gets going, it's a good movie. Fun. I mean, it's like you know, we're talking like a B minus kind of movie, but that's a lot of fun to take a kid to, or if you just want to go turn your brain off for a couple hours and kick back.
1: Yeah, I believe the, the well, first. I believe the phrase I keep using for is better than it has any right to be. Yeah, absolutely. And also pure like mid nineties Jim Carrey. Yeah.
0: So that was the first one. The second one is essentially more of the same, um, but with with improvements. They, um, added more Sonic characters, which, you know, this, uh, I don't think is a spoiler, like, because it's on the trailers and the posters and stuff, but, uh, Tails and Knuckles are both in it, and they have good chemistry, um, the actors, maybe this isn't true, but it feels like they all got together and hung out for a few days before they hit up a recording booth together to do the voiceover work, um... They they had good chemistry. They were good. (laughs) They brought Jim Carrey back as Dr. Robotnik and uh, just let him turn his Jim Carrey-ness dial up a little bit more. And he gets to do that for longer during the movie. Um, And then they, uh, you know, just told one of the classic Sonic stories that has come up multiple times across multiple games. I won't spoil it, but, you know. Uh, Is it the one where he gets the
1: rings and runs really fast?
0: That's part of it. Um, But, you know, anyone who's played the games might be thinking about what it could be. And you're probably right. I won't spoil it, Um, though, in case you're you're wrong or you haven't seen it or played the Sonic games. Um, But anyways, they they focus on the stuff that worked. They added more of that. They cut back on the stuff that didn't. Um, You know, the first movie had a lot of focus on the human characters and they're barely in this one, um, which is good. What? No, because Donut are... Lord? <laughs> he's still there, but he's maybe five minutes of screen time? Ah, oh, good enough. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, there are humans around. They're on the planet Earth, but they're not a prime focus of the story anymore.
1: Well, you can't call it Earth, otherwise uh, Will Smith will come out and smack
0: you. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. But... Yeah, so they focused on the things that worked, they took away the things that didn't, or minimized them. Overall, it was a really fun movie, and they're doing the Marvel thing, where at the end of every movie, they tease the next one. Um, So they tease another big Sonic character reveal, which, after, you're like, oh, Sonic, Nails, Tuckle, or, Nails, Tails, and uh, Knuckles.
1: Nails and Tuckle.
0: <laughs> nails and Tuckles, that's what I almost said. Um, but you know, after those characters, it's like, well, who's left? Like, you can probably figure out who's left without me having to say it. You know, there's a, a relatively small stable of the big, quote unquote, big Sonic characters, even though he's got a pretty big extended lineup. So,
1: I'm just it was good. I'm just waiting for the jiggle physics for the bat uh, creature, right?
0: <laughs> Ruby or whatever her name is. Um,
1: does it really matter?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's Tits McGee. <laughs> that Tits McGee. But anyways, it, I mean, it's it's a solid, you know, B movie. I had a great time. My kid had a great time. We had fun watching it together. Um, it's not a masterpiece. It's not trying to be. It knows it's a video game movie and it leans into that. And two thumbs up. It was pretty good.
1: Honestly, that might be the way to do a video game movie. Because yeah. uh, e- either you get these really overly seriously uh, serious pieces. Or you get you know, something that's vaguely tied to a video game, but is, is it really fair to uh, invoke a UA Bowl movie? I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Probably not. <laughs> Although you're allowed, it's our show, you can do whatever you want.
1: I mean, it, we're just now starting to really figure out how to you know, tell a game that, or tell a st- uh, story from a video game in a movie. <laughs> Without it being, you know, stupidly long. Right. And it feels like it should have been done before, right? Feels
0: like it should have been, but it very clearly hasn't. I've never saw the
1: Warcraft movie. Uh, It was supposedly fairly good, right? I mean,
0: I feel like it was in a B to B plus range. It wasn't great, but the special effects were great. It did lots of cool, you know, Warcraft battle scenes. The characters were there. The, the biggest difference I can say between the Warcraft movie and the Sonic movies is, like, with Warcraft, you, you really needed to know some of what was going on. They really expected you to know who these characters were going in, you know, the big characters. Whereas with the Sonic movie, it's like, eh, everybody's probably got kind of, like, a passing knowledge of who Sonic is, but the rest of this stuff doesn't matter. We're just gonna have fun with it. And that works really well for it. It's like I said, it's very tongue in cheek with everything. It leans into its inherent silliness. It's good. I'm gonna see it again. I'm not gonna go to theaters, I'm not gonna pay, you know, and do all that jazz, but I would happily watch it again. So yeah. What did uh what did you play this so, week? So
1: this is the second game that's kind of loosely uh tied together the previous one. But not really. Uh, I jokingly have it in the show notes. Pocket Monster Hunter, also known as Pokemon Legends Arceus, or Arceus, if you want to mispronounce and annoy uh, Anita. Right. This is essentially take Monster Hunter and Pokemon and mix them together. It's a strange game, and not what people were expecting this game to be. Uh, before it came out, there was a lot of speculation about, yeah, you know, this is this going to be like Breath of the Wild with Pokemon? Well, not quite. So, that that might actually be the next Pokemon generation, which looks interesting, but it's also, yeah, you know, still a good six months away most likely. Yeah. So, Uh, Arceus takes a kind of the... Actually the same sort of structure from Monster Hunter Rise. Where there's a hub town. uh Jubilee (laughs) village in this case. And you go on expeditions to one of... I think it's six different maps. And they're pretty sizable areas as well. And your primary thing is one... Uh, Quell the Noble Pokemon that kind of Controls each of these regions But also You're filling out the first Pokedex this game takes place before All the other ones in the series And You're kind of Pioneering a lot of the Stuff that you know makes a Pokemon Game a Pokemon game really You know enslavement of uh, random uh, Wildlife uh, and uh, learning about them. But it does do a few things quite different. One, it actually gives you a reason to mass catch and, you know, decimate the a local ecosystem. So, like I said, you're building the first Pokédex, and it's not just, you know, you have a, yeah you know, little PDA that you point at something and it magically knows everything. It makes you feel a lot more like you're researching these different creatures where uh there's levels of research and as you go through the levels of research it unlocks more information about them and each pokemon has a a series of tasks assigned to it so some of them are very basic you know battle and defeat some uh a certain amount uh uh Catch uh, a certain amount, or catch a certain amount of a certain size, that sort of thing. But then they start getting a little bit more in depth. There's some that are the subtasks are tied to a subquest that you eventually unlock via just you know, uh, fi- yeah, on the map somewhere once you catch it or, or catch enough of them, uh, feeding them uh the their preferred foods. Uh, catching them while they're unaware of you, uh, defeating uh, them with certain uh, moves, seeing them perform certain moves, evolving them, and it gets really a lot more in depth than a really Pokemon game, uh, uh, at least in my experience has before, or I should say the main st- series of Pokemon games. And it's been kind of a, a little bit of a uh, a treat to you know actually seeing. Something more done with the franchise than honestly feeling like it's been copied and pasted again with a new uh, area.
0: Yeah,
1: um, not quite through the main storyline. Uh, I think the main storyline is twenty primary missions, which I think I'm on like mission fifteen, which doesn't sound like a lot, but uh, these also span you know entire areas of the map and. Uh, they're also sometimes tied off uh, to your Pokemon or your Pokédex level. So as you progress through and learn about the different Pokemon, you uh, gain stars, which kind of take the place of the badges in the original game. And uh, each of the six areas are tied behind uh, one uh, star each. So it encourages you it encourages you if you don't go and you. Know, uh, you know, decimate the uh, local ecosystem to go do so. But also, you know, it has it where you actually see these creatures out in uh, the world. Uh, and I'm like I said, I, 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 keep, I keep wanting to say, like never before, but uh, the Pokemon Snap game that released last year uh, does this as well. So it's more, you know, one of the first times you see it in the main series, where you'll you'll see like saw ducks, yo, know, just swimming around and yo, know, uh, doing their own thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and seeing the creatures interact like actual creatures, uh, they do have uh, some story elements that they try to tie lo- uh, tie up loose into the lore, particularly why like. Nobody but the player character ever has six Pokemon, <laughs> even though uh, that's the, what you should be able to carry, and most people should. Essentially, you're sent back, uh, your main character, they heavily hint that this is the main character from uh, the remake of uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. They don't say it outright, but you know, they say that you know, it's a couple years older than your typical Pokemon protagonist, so you know. A whole fifteen or sixteen years old, right? Wow. So mature. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm almost, yeah. almost too uh old for a certain uh uh Senate uh uh Senator from Florida, right? Oh my <laughs> uh sorry I had to go there. I understand. Uh so uh The story reason why you're able to do it and nobody else is is you're kind of from this time where you understand how Pokemon work, yeah, and everybody is still kind of afraid of them because yeah you know there's the, there are these terrible beasts that you know, are able to you know just decimate everybody with uh, you know uh, hardly a thought of it,
0: yeah, what might you know what are are <laughs> basically just magic powers, yeah,
1: pretty much. So they, uh, do that, uh, to try to, you know, explain away, you know, why you'll all pretty much always have six Pokemon and, you know, the staple, uh, which is kind of, uh, uh, there's a lot of analogs in the main, uh, or the main town that's, uh, uh, stand-ins for, or more primitive stand-in for essentially a Pokemon center. So you have the stable, which serves as the PC. You don't have breeding in this game, so you can't have them uh, you know, uh, get down and dirty. Poor Ditto, right? No loving this time. Sad day. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, Sex Beast. You'll uh, have it uh, uh, later on this year, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> um. Oh. You have uh, a few trunks that you could access that is your storage for uh, random items uh and they have a farm that you could get um that you could have harvested for various collectible items which you could also found out in the field for crafting which is you know kind of lifted wholesale from the older monster hunter games that's been replaced with the palico uh, uh submarines in the latest uh, monster hunter but yeah you know, same idea right yeah so they have that, uh, uh and uh, since this is a single player focused game, uh, they had to have it where the trade evolutions actually work without having to trade. So, uh, one of the more interesting things is they have a lost and found system in the game. So, if you're connected to the internet, uh, you know, as you do, uh, and somebody faints, uh, you'll drop, uh, they'll drop a, uh, pouch that then gets, there's a chance that it'll get essentially uploaded and can appear in somebody else's game. And if somebody finds it, you get, uh, Barrett points and you send it back to them you know, with the items in it. And maybe, and there's a chance that you get, uh, the, uh, the top item out of it as well, a copy of it. Yeah. And you could get merit points for that and, uh, it racks up pretty quickly. There's usually like three or four per map, and they reset pretty quickly as well. Uh, uh, you get merit points that gives you the evolution items, different evolution stones from the original Pokemon games, uh, and some of the trade items that just in this case you basically hand to the Pokemon and they evolve. Uh. Uh, to make it really a, the first time in the main series a truly single player experience, there is an option to trade uh, remotely, but it's not a requirement, which is an interesting change of pace and something that's yeah definitely not being held on to the for the next generation because they've already announced a split uh, yeah release again, right? Yeah, but it is nice. <laughs> So you have to, don't have to try to coordinate. And they also made it. They also changed a few things about evolution as well. Where it's not instantaneous. On at level up. Instead whenever this. The parameters are met. Be it level. Or friendship or whatever. It's then immediately available. Which is a nice. Uh, alteration to the system. Because some Pokemon. Can have it where it will happen. In the middle of a level. And you can do it. At will at that point. Uh, This is in particular for, like, ones that are based on friendship. So, you know, you have, uh, uh, especially like the baby Pokemon. Uh, Like the small version of Snorlax, the Munchlax. It evolves based on friendship. So if you have it with you enough, it'll eventually evolve. But it can happen at any point now instead of just, oh, it leveled up. Okay, now it can finally evolve, right? Yeah. And same with, like I said, the evolution items that would normally, you know, you hand them to a Pokemon, you trade them while they're held. Well, there's no held items in this game, so instead it's just, you know, used as essentially an evolution stone. Uh, And they also changed the move system, which is really interesting and something I hope they can keep. So, they still have it where, in battle, a Pokemon has four moves that they can use but instead of having it where you swap them out wholesale uh as a pokemon levels up they'll have more moves added essentially to their memory that then you could swap in uh, uh with the other uh, with the four battle moves outside of battle so as a po- right. as a pokemon levels up or if you take it to the trainer there's no uh, technical machines or hidden machines in this, so no items that teach moves directly. Uh, you can have it where you could learn very niche moves and be able to swap them out in the field and be able to make use of, you know, some more situational uh, 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 moves that you normally wouldn't have. I, I just found it a interesting change in I uh, I hope it's something they they keep. I really do.
0: Yeah, I do too. Uh,
1: I'm trying to think if there's any other. Oh, the oh the other big change to the battle system. Uh, well, one the battles take place in the game world, which can sometimes lead to some hilarity. <laughs> yeah, you know, like two Pokemon battling and there's a tree right in the middle between them, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Or if there it's a non flying type. Or non-water type, and you're battling on water. They have like a little floaty that they're standing on, <laughs> right? Yeah, which is cute. Uh, but they also made it where if you encounter a shiny Pokemon in the wild, uh, you'll be able to see it without actually engaging battle with it. So, short of Pokemon Go, it's probably the best way to find shiny Pokemon, which is essentially a palette swap or uh, or a color change to a Pokemon. Uh, I found a couple, uh, just, you know, going around. Uh, you'll see, like, a sparkle on the ground, uh, around them, if you're flying over or running past. Uh, I found, well, there's the one that's pretty much a guaranteed one, which is a Ponyta, that has blue flames instead of orange. And then there's uh, a couple others that I found that were just random. But it's, yeah, the most shinies I've found in a game, which... Considering I've only played a couple that has shinies, that saying something though, right? Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, they also made it where, well, you've played Final Fantasy X, right?
0: Indeed. Okay,
1: you know how they have the uh the character movement list on the uh, right hand side where you'll see uh the character uh, that's going to be able to move next. They've introduced yes. that into Pokemon. And all. See. And once a move, uh, once a Pokemon masters a move, they could uh, have different styles of move as well. So a Pokemon that is able to move very fast could actually attack more often instead of just going first in a turn. And on top of that, you could uh, do a agile or a strong style of a move to make it move even uh the move uh, go even faster but at the cost of more power points and potentially less damage if you're going for an agile move versus a strong move which is also more power points but it hits harder but you can also see yeah. how that changes the move order in on the right hand side but it brings a lot more strategy to a uh closer battles which sometimes happens <laughs> Uh, they do have uh, experience share, which makes it so that, you know, it's very easy to get overleveled, but there are some of the stronger battles in the game could still run very close. Especially if you have a type disadvantage. Uh, like running across an alpha Pokemon, which is essentially a, a, like a mini boss that runs around uh, the open world, or oh, I shouldn't yeah. say open world, the, op- the map uh, areas. They're essentially larger versions of the normal types with uh, ele- elevated stats until you catch them, of course, and they lose that. Uh, but it makes it so that they'll not only have a level advantage over other Pokemon in the area, but they'll also have it where they're a lot stronger. So uh, it makes it so, like, a, if one's a level 60. It might be the equivalent of like a level 70. I'm not sure if that's exactly how far it goes, but uh, close enough, right? And it makes it a, a lot more difficult <laughs> and uh, brings a lot more strategy into the game, which, you know, is nice. Yeah. Uh, playing Brilliant Diamond, honestly, I didn't really hit a snag until I got to the Elite Four, which is, you know, end game, extreme end game, actually. So. Having it where I actually have to sit and think about how to battle its a nice change of pace for a Pokemon game yeah uh trying to think of what else um uh, there is a somewhat focus on stealth in this game it's not heavy most of the time uh the different Pokemon they'll uh, react different ways they might just completely ignore you and be oblivious to you or just you know, not give a fuck uh there's ones that run if they spot you. Like the teleporting little bitch that is Abra, and then there's ones that attack, and if they're okay. and if ones attacking, you can't catch them outright. You have to send out a Pokemon and you know, do the old uh, style, you know, beat them until they're low health and uh, you know, smack them with the ball, right? Beat them into submission, pretty much. Uh, but it also brings on a little bit of a stealth element because if you're able to. Uh, sneak up on them and hit them in the back of the head, essentially, with the Pokeball. You get, like, a critical capture attempt. And you don't actually have to battle a Pokemon in order to catch it. Which is interesting, right?
0: Yeah, that's more in line with uh, Pokemon Go and Let's Go Pikachu and stuff, right? Yeah,
1: a a little bit. It's more fast-paced than that. Especially if you're going through a lower-level area with, uh, you know, more refined Pokeballs. There's still the, you know, uh Pokeball, Great Ball, and Ultra Ball. There's no master ball as far as I can tell. But yeah, you know, h hitting something uh with the critical capture, uh by surprise, especially if it's eating, is close to a guaranteed capture if it's uh, you know, significantly lower level than you. So uh it, it it's kind of weird it's one. It's a reversal of uh, pretty much every other of the main series Pokemon games, where going to the grass makes it more likely that you're going to catch a Pokemon instead of just having to battle it. Right. Because you could crouch down in the grass and sneak up on something, and you could actually get a critical capture on some of the alpha Pokemon and capture some very strong Pokemon very early on if you really want to. Yeah. Uh, but they might not listen to you. That's where the star system comes in where uh, the replacement of badges. Uh, Just looking at my kind of show notes. uh, uh, They do have uh, multi-Pokemon battling, but for some reason they chose to have it be uh, a disadvantage on the player. So they'll actually be story times or story beats where you'll be two or three on one Fighting uh, enemies. Thankfully, usually you're over leveled at this point. But it's you know, kinda of funny just you know seeing everybody gang up on you when they have one Pokemon each, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, I think that's pretty much it without really going into like story spoilers. I mean well, more so. But I haven't completed the story, so I don't want to go into that just yet anyway. It, okay. it, it, it's an interesting change of pace on it. It's not what I expected. Uh, because, well, one, I wasn't sure what to expect. I, everybody was going crazy. Oh, this is going to be Breath of the Wild of Pokemon. Right? Like I said before, and not quite, but it's also, you know, a nice change of pace. And makes it so that, you know, trying to really catch them all is, feels more like the research and discovery that it should have been, you know, 20 years ago, right?
0: Yeah. I have heard that from almost everyone that I've listened to talk about this game.
1: That, that it feels like the discovery that it should have been? Or uh, ages yes. ago? Yes. Yes. And also has a Pokemon professor that's actually proactive and not just sitting in the, uh, the lab and banging your mother.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Because let's let's be honest,
1: Ash Ketchum's mom is either getting fucked by Professor Oak or Mister Mom. There's no ways about it. Why not both? Please, he, at uh, please, the same time. Please, uh, he's a professional. He wouldn't do that. Or at least, what not without the, uh, uh, taking off his lab coat. Of course. As a matter of fact, I have a uh, Mr. Mom in my uh, uh, stable called Ash's Stepdad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. The uh, tradition of uh, naming uh, Pokemon vaguely uh, rude things continues on, right?
0: Absolutely. And it will until the heat death of the universe. <laughs> um. All right. So, I will not be talking for anywhere near as long as you just were. Unrailed is pretty easy to talk about. Yeah, I
1: didn't realize I was talking for that long about it. But this has also been something I've been playing for ages, or or, I should say a few weeks on and off.
0: Yeah. So, Unrailed is a multiplayer um, cooperative game. That is a roguelite. Um, you're trying to work together as a team to clear a path, moving from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. Eventually, running into a station somewhere, um, where that your your train, like once it stops, once it starts moving, it doesn't stop until it crashes or gets to the next train station. And so that's what you're you're doing. You're working on um, every time the screen changes, you're working on a safe path for your train to get it to um, one of the designated quote-unquote uh, stations. Um, and there are obstacles along the way. Uh, there might be woods in the way. There might be rocks in the way. There's enemies on the map. There are random creatures that block the way. There could be water. And you have to, you and your team, have to work to circumvent these issues to the best of your your ability. Yeah. Um, it's got a cute art style, like a very cute sort of blocky, Minecrafty, voxely art style. Um, it's really easy to pick up and understand; very difficult to master. I have been playing it off and on with King since before, like right before we moved. Um, we have a good time with it. It's it's got uh, local co-op and online um, co-op, and I have played it, you know, local co-op with with my kid. And, um, we have had a blast so you start out with some very basic tools like a pickaxe and a uh an axe like a you know wood cutting axe, and you just kind of have to figure it out with only some very basic instructions of like go go to the right, just go to the right man um and every time you successfully complete a screen, you um are pulled in and you get rewarded, um, which you can use these rewards to get better upgrades for your train. So you can make the train go faster, which I don't know why you would, but maybe we just didn't get far enough that that mattered, but you can make the train faster. You can make it slower. You can add sections, um, to it that do things. Like for example, there's a section that, um, lets you put in wood and sort of burn wood in order to have it build you uh, special parts, or in order to have it um, uh, like light light up when it gets dark. So there's a simple like a simple day night cycle, and your characters have like lights around them, but then you can't see any farther. Um, and there are there's a train, a couple of train upgrades focused on this. Like one of them is just like a giant candle that burns brightly. Um, well, a giant uh, thing. I, I I say candle, but. The candle is, is wrong. You have to put wood and stuff in it. So I guess it's technically a furnace. And the other one is, um, well, another one of them is uh, uh, build. What is it that you can build? Like, as as you progress through the levels, like, generally speaking, even though they're procedurally generated, they get sort of bigger and more in-depth. Um, I can't remember. Oh, well, that's okay. Uh, it's It's been probably a couple weeks since the last time I played this, so. But, we, I mean, we've had a lot of fun with it. There's secrets that you could find that are mostly about just, like, unlocking more stuff. Um But it's a very fun, very wholesome game that starts out, because, you know, because, of course, as, as the train progresses, it gets faster. So the first two, maybe even three screens, me and my me kid and are like, yeah, we got this. That's cool. And then um, later on, well, it's,
1: like, you're grounded. You failed me. You are yeah, no longer my cool. son.
0: You want to get a slushy while we wait, and then later on, it's like, "Oh my god, why did you pick that up? No, put it down. Go pick up the bucket. No, no, put it back Go where you a, got it. Up. We have to put up the fire. No, it's too late. We have to uncouple the caboose from the train that's on fire. Ah, like you know, yelling, but in a good. Basically,
1: it's bite. the uh, transcontinental railroad meets uh, overcooked.
0: Yeah, pretty much, and it's a fun game. Um. You know, it's, what is it? Right now it's it's 20, about 25 bucks on Steam. It's on a very slight sale. Um, I got it for...
1: I don't see a sale on it.
0: Um, uh, oh, wait, that's the bundle. I'm sorry. Buy Unrailed Supporter Bundle. 8% off.
1: Yeah, that's just the my bundle. My mistake.
0: So it's, so it's 20 bucks for the base game. I was looking at the wrong one. That's my bad. 20 bucks for the base game. I think I paid... 10 for it or something like that. It does look
1: like there's a Dialytic uh multiplayer bundle that's on sale, but that's yeah, you know, just shy 50 bucks. Uh, well, for my complete uh, package.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, it's good. We have we we have had fun playing it. We will have fun probably when we come back to it and play it. I don't know if there is a win condition. I doubt it. Usually, these games don't have them, but. And the only way to move is not to play. Right. Touche. But yeah. All right. That's, uh. That's it for me. See? Much, much, much shorter. The game is, again, the game is skill based. So it's easy to learn and then really difficult to master. So, yeah. Are you ready to move on to our news topics? I,
1: I think so. I was uh, trying to read some of the uh, of the second one, but I'm ready for the first.
0: Yeah. So our first news topic of the night, and both of these are community corner suggestions and the submissions. Yeah, it was
1: here. a slow news week, otherwise.
0: Yeah, but so the first one: California lawyer quits over allegations that Newsom that's that should should be Governor Newsom meddled in the Activision case. Um, the I, I was having a look at this before we recorded the very short version of this is that he the the governor started to micromanage this case, um, in a way that was starting to make it unsustainable and feel like harassment. Like he was demanding to know legal proceedings and filings days before they happened. Um, you know, was not doing
1: basically trying to make himself to, uh, better off with it.
0: Yeah, and also he was, you know, reaching out trying to make friends. Um it it seems like allegedly trying to make friends in the industry and is being accused of sort of pandering to them in order to get some kind of kickback or for future support. Um but in 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 the uh article um in there somewhere it cites that uh the lawyer in question was saying that the governor was making it impossible for them to do or for her to do her job, and that she hopes that this you know sort of gesture draws the attention to it that it needs to get him to stop that at best he was interfering and at worst he was actively and openly courting corporate interests so oh, just uh,
1: politicians do what politicians do right as yep as, as shitty as the entire system is. It's not unexpected, right? Yeah. Politicians got a politician. Jerks. I mean, I'm not but. sure if there's a ton for us to comment on here, because it's one of these things that... It's shit. Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just... I'm scrolling up and down looking, you know, just looking for anything that I might have missed. But I mean, really, like, that's that's it. I covered it. The governor... Sticking his nose where he really shouldn't, micromanaging his people when he really shouldn't. uh, This feels a
1: lot like my cover.
0: Right? And doing it in such a way so that,
1: um... Just replace uh, game industry with coal. Yeah. Uh, So, so, yeah. Something with no future. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yep. And and I, and I will say that, yeah, it doesn't matter which political party a politician's on. If they have a corporate interest and want to pander, they will, you know, do it. It's just his political party is less likely to, you know, kind of sit back and let it happen, right? It's not. It's not become the, uh, the motor operandi just yet. No, not yet. But I'm not saying that it, uh, won't though. That's the scary thing, huh? Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's that's that for that next topic, I guess. Yeah. What if which one are you taking over?
1: Uh, well, uh, speaking of corporate interests, ads reportedly are coming to the Xbox free-to-play games later this year. So this is one that I've mentioned that makes sense in some areas and in, in some genres. Yeah, but I'm still. Not sure how I feel about this. So, the idea of this is that uh, Xbox Series X and Series S, and, oh, I, I still fucking hate those uh, uh, names. Uh, can, can you make them uh, less ambiguous? Uh, can, can you get Nintendo on the phone to get a worse name, please? Right?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, the Xbox next-gen consoles, the, they're free-to-play games. Uh, they're working on having ad support in them. Uh, but they've already come out and said that it, they're looking at uh, essentially billboards uh, in-game. Which right. is less egregious than what I immediately thought of. You know, like sponsored skins, uh, splash screens, you know, that sort of thing. But it's never just stops at one thing, and that's what really scares me about you know, going here, right? Where we talk about, well, it wouldn't be so bad if, like, in um, Burnout Paradise, there was billboards that you could crash through that was sponsored, or the other one that I remember somewhat egregiously uh, for in-game world was actually Alan Wake, the original Alan Wake, remember the Verizon billboards? Yes, yes I do. Where they're nothing like a Verizon billboard. It's just a plastered ad that looks like it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Never mind the fact that you're using energizer batteries the entire time, right? Yeah. I think it was, or was it Duracells? No, I, oh, I don't remember. Oh, damn. I just know that they're they're shit batteries (laughs) in Game World, Right. 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 Uh, now, now, now I need to go check. No, they're energizers. And remember, the energizers last last for a whole of thirty seconds, right?
0: They just keep going and going and going and going till they stop.
1: <laughs> Which that's kind of the downside of a uh, of a product placement, huh? And why you know you see so many of these uh, car games that have licensed cars that take absolutely no damage, right? Yep. Uh, but uh, the the long and short of this is that they're looking into essentially billboards and uh, in-game world ads instead of what well, immediately jumped to uh to the forefront. But will it really stop there? Really? All right? Probably not. Uh, it it will probably pause there for
0: a while while everyone is like, hmm, you know, let's see how this goes, and then they will. Because it's Microsoft and they tend to handle this stuff pretty well, they'll treat it with respect initially. But then eventually the flood of shit will will open up.
1: Yeah. Uh the article, uh, at least the Tech Raptor one, uh brings up uh that uh uh, uh Evil Arts attempted this uh in Battlefield twenty one forty two. And Quake Live also had uh something about uh something similar to that. But it wasn't enough to support the game's operating and development costs. So, with uh, it being a free-to-play game, maybe it's going to supplement uh, the minnows, uh, uh, like the whales do now. Yeah. But it's just, I, I, I'm hesitant. I mean, Microsoft has been less evil, but right.
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as they go, Microsoft is a pretty, air, you know, air quotes pretty good corporation as far as they go but they still suck mm-hmm. they're still terrible
1: i mean they haven't the wanted to comment on what they're gonna do with bobby kotex yet and yes i yep. uh, purposely called him that kick
0: him out of an airplane
1: <laughs> let them let see how that golden gar- parachute really works yeah allegedly oh so uh do you yep. have any thoughts on uh this uh uh, they they haven't really said a lot of information about what they're going to use it on, or uh, what games they have. Uh, the The main thing is that they said that they're not planning on using it in their premium games, and I'm yeah. I, I, and I just have that kind of sarcasm quote. They haven't uh had no plans of putting in their premium games yet. Yet. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think my sentiments are exactly the same as yours. Um, you know, it's, if one of these companies is going to do something like this, Microsoft might be one of the better ones because they're not as bad, but they're certainly not good. It is just primed for abuse or even, you know, if we don't, don't go so far as to call it abuse, at least overuse. Um, and even if Microsoft has all the best intentions in the world, things will go wrong or astray as it gets used more and more. Or another
1: company. That's the other thing. Yeah. If it works for Microsoft, another company will jump in and make it worse. And that's true. And kind of that. I hate using the superly slope, but right? Uh, we've seen it too often. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, I don't think the slope is so slippery. I think it has stairs, <laughs> and you know these the the corporate executives just walk down them
1: mm-hmm. oh, fair enough actually.
0: I uh, mean, I think the slippery slope fallacy applies to something that you have no evidence for it happening, whereas we have a ton of evidence in history that more just often look at than the not,
1: transactions in general, right,
0: yeah, more often than not, developers. Take you know the worst possible
1: route, or uh, well, publishers? Yeah. Uh, usually I don't think it's the developers unless it's yo know, in uh, house in house, right?
0: Fair enough. Developers, publishers, you know, sort of the last you know the last stop before
1: um, you know
0: my th- it's on sale. My
1: thoughts are wondering just uh, you know what games? I mean, are we talking like yo? Know, Is the next Halo game gonna, you know, is uh, uh, Blood Gulch gonna have a giant billboard in the middle of it?
0: (laughs) Eventually, I bet so. But initially, you know, we're gonna be looking at free to play titles, you know, kind of like they talked about free to play stuff. I mean, uh, their sort of demo experience will have ads in it.
1: I mean, I've talked about, you know, sports games being the one spot where, you know, it feels weird to not have the advertising because you look at a football game and it's like uh yo a, a, a late night infomercial sp- uh, uh interrupted by a football game right uh and then even then it's yo uh, this replay brought to you by yo uh bud light by doritos <laughs> no 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 that no that's the uh, uh that's the two minute warning right Yeah. (laughs) There's just certain uh, areas in culture that is so inundated with ads that encountering them without ads, it feels weird. And I think sports, particularly at least American football, or at least that's the sport that I've encountered the most. Yeah. It's just so lousy and maggoty with ads that it's just weird to see a football game that's not covered in ads as well. But you do realize that if they do start putting them in a premium game like Madden and yes, I know Microsoft is not connected to Madden but hear me out here. uh, It's still going to cost you 70 bucks. Right?
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, hell, they... They didn't bring down the price when they started putting in microtransactions. Why would they do it with ads, right?
0: Nope. It was never about bringing the price down. It was just about lying and looking good. But that's a story for another day. It's a tale as old as time. Mm. Game industry and lies.
1: Thank you, Dr. Horrible.
0: Right? Anyways, um... Yeah, I reckon that's it. Um, yeah, um, it
1: was two very short topics, unless you wanted to talk about the play date. Ugh, right.
0: I mean, I still maintain that it's cute and quirky, but not worth what they're
1: asking for it. If it was, if it was half the price, yeah, maybe. But yeah.
0: Uh, before we before we doobly do, tell them where that they can get in touch with us or add to the show. You
1: do so by emailing us, vglpodcast at gbl.com, by uh, shooting us a tweet, BGL podcast on the Twitter, or drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at podcast dot podbean dot com. All righty. Yeah, I'm just trying to find- Well- I was trying to find who actually makes the play date, because uh, there we are. Panic Incorporated. Because I, I I seem to remember them being mentioned that they made some very gimmicky hardware, but I didn't uh, look into it. So that's going to be uh, my project as I wound down. So uh, doobly right. do. Yeah, doobly do on over to a discovery queue, and as per usual, how about some LumenCraft? Sure. So, top-down uh, rogue shooter <laughs> with uh, drilling and mining and explosions. Yeah, Th- this looks like it's a game like out of the early two thousands in a good way. Early access, which yeah. well, it's also cheap, or I should say cheaper on uh, than what it you're usually seeing these days. Just shy of uh, eleven bucks with a twelve buck uh, asking price, which is a little bit of a weird price. I have a feeling that's a uh, foreign developer, and just yeah, uh, that's a round number in some currency, but not for us, right? It is early access though, so yeah, it's be a little bit careful. And it looks like it's kind of a tower defense roguelite almost. Which, right?
0: Yep. My, uh. Steam seems to have logged me out. And this is why I logged in
1: beforehand.
0: Well, I had logged in beforehand. Now let me. I'm logging back in with the authenticator.
1: Well, while you do that, it's a midnight ghost hunt! Uh, essentially, prop hunt. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. It's a uh, prop hunt with uh, another skin on it, which it's a very nice looking skin from the screenshots. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've seen this game pop up quite a bit, or this type of game where you, know, uh, in this case, it's ghosts that go around possessing objects and. Uh, try to get the drop on the hunting team, and it's an asymmetric uh, uh, multiplayer game, which is going to be a problem if it doesn't have the legs for multiplayer. And it does look like there's some matchmaking issues. Oh, no, never mind. It is 4v4, which is actually a little bit rare. Usually it's uh, you know, like 4v2 or 4v1. Right. Uh-huh.
0: You got, um, let's see, you had been that ghost run already,
1: so I can yeah. go past that one. Although I will echo,
0: like, it looks cool.
1: Yeah, it looks nice. I imagine I it'd be a really good party, uh, game, you know?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Alright, here we go. Here's one. Are you ready yeah. to have your mind blown by it. what is undoubtedly the greatest game of all time? Forever and ever, Cat Cafe
1: Manager. I've actually seen that pop up uh, on. Uh, uh, can you get out on my list so I can pay something?
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry.
1: Uh, I've seen that pop up on both the Switch eShop and on Steam. I didn't. I didn't have it in my queue. At least not yet. Uh, yep. I've seen some mixed reviews on it.
0: Yep, it seems like a business sort of building and management game, maybe with some maybe I could just be mis misinterpreting this, but maybe, you know, some light puzzling elements where that you're managing a cat cafe uh, it's and growing it.
1: not quite like that. Uh, I've read some reviews on it because let, let's put it this way. Anita saw it uh, uh, over my shoulder. So I looked into it a bit more so if it was a good game I was going to get it for. Her. Uh it's yeah. a very buggy it needs uh, you know, a yeah a fleet path fair enough uh, it has it, it promises to be a cozy game but it's not it's very hectic uh it has some performance issues particularly on the switch which looking at it it shouldn't right yeah uh and also it's a best of currency so different characters uh, will pay you in different currencies that uh, you, you do different things with and it's just weird. Right,
0: fair enough. Well, it, it looks neat, looks cute.
1: So I got but. the game of the year. I got Car Detailing Simulator. Nice. I, I I'm not going to shame this one because we we've seen uh, some games that you know just are meant to be just kind of a goofy simulator that just you just chill out and relax with and this looks like uh, another one of those that uh yeah it's meant to just you know get the kind of the idea of it and just you know sit there and wash a car and wash wheels and get scratches out of cars and you know repaint them potentially
0: right one of those Zen games
1: uh it does look like they're this is the same developer that has had a few games I, I... Where did I play that game? Uh, There's a... uh, There... there, Or maybe this is uh, similar to another game that I played where uh, one of their older games is uh, a top-down shooter uh, with a fully destructible object and you're just trying to survive in this um, zombie horde, but it's all blocks. Yeah. Uh, but they have ship graveyard uh, simulator where you're carrying down uh, ships. They have animal shelter where you're running an animal shelter, or particularly a dog shelter. It looks like. I mean, it does look like an asset flip potentially, but it has you know positive reviews and right. Yeah, and usually if yeah if it's an asset flip, but it has decent, it's decent enough gameplay that it yeah. You know, Still works, so right. <laughs> yeah, and this one All right. uh, is uh, the same thing. Uh, yeah, uh, people are complaining; it's a texture-changing simulator, and they're not wrong. But at the same time, hmm. it- it's uh, hey. If at the end of the day, what's your truck, right? <sighs> right. Good point. <clears throat> a fair
0: point. All right, I got Dungeon Alchemist which is a um tabletop map making software that's very very like in 3D heavy. Like things seem to have effects as you place them down or destroy them or move them around on the move them around on the map. Um it looks neat actually as far as these types of programs go as long as it works. Um you know, making making maps, whenever you're make, doing a tabletop RPG, I have always found it's the hardest thing to do. Again, uh, you know, I have Aphantasia, I can't, like, visualize things, I have to go through trial and error of a lot of stuff before I find what it is that I'm actually trying to create. But, this might have, you know... As many problems, but if it went fast, I I don't know. It looks very cool. The interface is very slick. Hopefully, it would hold up. It's been out for uh, how long has it been out? Right here, the March thirty first. So two, three weeks. Um, It's been out. Is it full or is it
1: early access? Early access. It is early access. Okay. And also, it's you know forty five (laughs) bucks. But they yeah. did say that it's not going to change price during or or, out, or after early access, so there's that, which
0: is nice. Right, your turn.
1: Okay, so I got Stacklands, a uh, village builder, but with cards. So it's a card deck builder village survival game. Okay.
0: Interesting. I mean, it is
1: a very, very basic looking graphically. I mean, it's cards. But the entire idea kind of is summed up in the uh, uh Stacklands is a village builder where you stack cards to collect food, build structures, and fight creatures. For example, dragging a villager card on top of a berry bush card will spawn berry cards, which the villager's cards could eat or survive. Play your cards right and expand your village. Nice. I mean, very simple. It's full release. It's five bucks. It's hard to really say bad things about it at that price point, right? Yeah. Uh, uh Some of the uh, bad reviews are like, I wish I had more automation or, you know, it wasn't as uh, cumbersome, but, you know, it's a card game at the end of the day. I guess technically a deck builder. Maybe or I'm not sure the exact card genre to throw this into. It does look like there are potentially timers on this, so uh that's one thing that I had problems with the uh, with Culture Simulator was it got very crazy very quickly. So that possibly would be a negative one for me, but yeah.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Um so I got Junkyard Simulator, which unfortunately has mixed reviews um it's been out since october of last year um but it is you know it's one of those simulator games where that you're you know going out and um getting things in order to repair them and sort of the way that the sim repair games do it's like click on the screws a hundred times to unscrew them all or whatever but it looks neat Um, Looks like there's a few extra elements to it, like, because you're running a junkyard, like, part of it looks like going out and recovering things to repair or restore them, but then the other part is, it looks like in order to make cash, you're taking and, and, you know, shredding things or cubing them up to be, you know, shipped off as as scrap. Oh, damn, Um, this
1: this brings back a memory. I remember Junkyard Wars. This looks so much like uh, the premise of it. In a way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, it does. You're right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, it it looks neat. It's, how much is it? It's on sale right now. 12, 13 bucks. Um, I don't know if it's worth 13 bucks or not, but it looks neat. I kinda like it.
1: So, I got Tunic, which uh, is essentially a a 2.5D Zelda game with, uh, yeah, without the branding, of course. It's very sharp looking. Actually, it, uh, actually, it looks better than the um, uh, Link's Awakening uh, uh, remake that they did recently. Uh, it has a, it has a more charm of it than just Chibi. It, you have a fox-like creature that is going around killing things and doing Zelda things explore land with lost legends, ancient powers, and uh, ferocious monsters in Tunic. An isometric game about a small fox and a big adventure. (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not sure if there's a lot more to talk about. I mean, if you're into uh, Zelda-style games, you know, it's... Right? Uh, There's definitely not a lack of them. Uh, but this one looks like a neat one, and they show a map on one of the screenshots. That looks like they do some interesting things with the overworld map, but I'm not a hundred percent sure because yeah, it's just one thing.
0: Yeah. So I got just act natural. This is a uh, online. What does that level well, actually? Let me scroll down here for a second doesn't say it's just an online pvp anyways um you're <laughs> trying to quote-unquote blend in with the other ai on these these race uh, maps this part of the game link. uh oh did i not copy paste the link i apologize
1: because i i remember another game that was supposed to be like this ages ago and i wanted to see if it was like it
0: yeah uh, but um okay
1: no uh, well, it's actually similar, but it's not the same uh, same one I was looking at, or thinking of.
0: Yeah. But, um, looks like you're trying to, ca- you know, catch people who are the uh, actual player characters instead of the NPCs. And it looks like that's the thrust of the game, depending on what game mode or whatever you're playing in. Team-based or free-for-all. It's got a very wacky well, it's like it's style. I was gonna say, it looks like it, it could be claiming. Oh, no, no, like no, no, no scroll down.
1: Scroll down and look at the gifts. It shows uh, them sculpting the heads. Oh, shit. You're right. So, if it's not full-on claymation, yep, yeah, it's definitely scanned.
0: Yeah. That's super cool. I hope it is full-on stop-motion.
1: Uh, but The one I'm thinking anyways, of is yeah. Spa Party. Which is still in early access after like four years and it being promised even further on where the idea of Spy Party was uh, you were a spy trying to uh, fill out certain proje- uh, uh, objectives while there was a counter spy across the way trying to kill the spy. So mm-hmm. that's why yeah, this rang a bell. Yeah, It does look like that uh, you... Only need one copy, and there's a demo or some way to play uh, uh, against them. Yeah. Uh, Everything's handmade. Yes, it's really everything. Everything is hand sculpted out of clay and photographically scanned into the game. So it's not full on claymation, but yeah, they definitely get that style down uh, pat with it, huh? All right. What else have you got? Yeah, I was just looking at at that a little bit more, and yeah, that is uh, a, a free versions are able to play against the uh, premium ones. So I got Arborist Build to Destroy. Essentially, take the siege and but instead just belt your GPU with it. Uh, this popped up on PC Master Race a, a, a couple months back, uh, and it's finally out in early access. Where the whole idea is, you're trying to destroy levels. Uh, yeah, much like *Besiege*, but instead it's all physics based, and with lots of explosions and flying debris, and a lot more complex. Oh, and also lasers and you know, rockets and that sort of thing. Just watch the trailer for this, right? Okay. Yeah. It's just—it's basically uh, uh, *Besiege*, but if Michael Bay made it. And supposedly, things get a little crazy if you turn up the physics all the way.
0: But I, I want things to be weird. <laughs> all right. Um, is it. It's my turn, yep. yes? If you have one, that is. Okay. So I have Crystal Project, um, which looks like the very old like Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3 style of Final Fantasy, where that it's more apron sprites as opposed to. Um, you know, actual full motion three D characters.
1: Um, yeah, I'll fix that for you. This is a JRPG. I would hope so, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, JRPG. Um, it's supposed to like they make a big deal in the on the store page about it being a non linear storytelling, which doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but maybe it is if there are like scripted events that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the process, of the, uh, of the and game, also no but... random
1: encounters, which is interesting. Yeah, no random encounters.
0: This looks pretty good.
1: Uh, the job system looks really uh, in depth. Not uh, not the most deep job system I've ever seen, but it looks like it's more involved than a good chunk of uh, modern ones. Uh, each job looks like it has a uh, its own skill tree. Yeah. I think so. I got Koroban, uh, the latest uh, in Pokemon ripoffs, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Uh, it does look like they're leaning more into the idea of uh, trying to not go super high depth uh, for this, instead of yo know, trying to embrace what Pokemon was back in the day. A uh, RPG first with, you know, uh, enslaving and, you know, battling uh, creatures. So, uh, Koromon is a modern take on the classic monster taming genre. Team uh, Koromon and explore a vast world filled with thrilling turn based battles, brain twisting puzzles, and a mysterious threat to the world uh, awaiting defeat. Nobody said a battle researcher was, was easy. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if anybody ever said that. But yeah, it definitely uh looks the part at least. Yeah. You know? Uh but one thing that I think a lot of these uh games have missed is the creature design. And Pokemon always has this kind of mixture of a weird uh, uh but cute and cuddly. And even the most, you know uh god destroying creatures. They don't look overly menacing and this at least from the screenshots looks like they get that better than most uh, of these games do yeah so that there is that and there, you yeah, know that one c- a character is definitely holding a totally not pokeball pokeball <laughs> right right
0: so I don't, I don't have any more in my queue. I got one, two, three, four, five out of it. But I had it. I had a couple of porn games that I obviously couldn't talk about, and then a couple of the games that were on your list. Yeah. well, oh, I'm so. running
1: through the last of mine. I have uh, two more after this. Oh, that does not. Look, that does not look well. <laughs> uh, I had a an expansion for Back for Blood. So, all right. Uh, because, yeah, I got the Humble Bundle, right? Yeah. Um, a Gearbox published game that has very mixed and hardly any reviews. So I'm just gonna skip that. Weird West, which actually uh, popped up on Game Pass, and I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. So let's paste that in, as I also should fix Koromon in the list. Paste it in. Uh, uh, paste it in. Weird West. A nice. uh, Survive and unveil uh, the mysteries of the Weird West through the intertwined destinies of its unusual heroes, an immersive sim about co-creators uh, of Dishonored and Prey. Or from the co-creators of Dishonored and Prey. And it looks... Well, weird. <laughs> it's basically... Horror, uh, possibly a little bit of like a dar- deepest, uh, darkest dungeon, uh, only set yeah. in the West, and it definitely does not look bad, not at all. I've had sometimes an issue with Devolver Digital and being you know just not for me, but they usually publish at least decent, if not good, games. You know, yeah. I may take uh, umbrage with, uh, you know, what they did to Shadow Warrior, but it's not—they're not terrible games. It's just they're not what I wanted out of Shadow Warrior. So, I'll, good if you had
0: to be mature enough to recognize that difference.
1: I, I feel like I should I do something immature now. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Uh, but. I- I'm probably going to try this one in on Game Pass. I'm pretty sure it's coming out by the end of the month. I-, I think it was in the upcoming list. So, I'll try that one out. And let's see, I got one more on my list. Let me take a quick, look. see.
0: Okay.
1: Because I also need to fix my list. So, Shadows of Forbidden Gods. Take on the role of the Dark Elder God and lead your agents to bring about the apocalypse in a fantasy world. So, fantasy world apocalypse simulator? (laughs) Only you're controlling gods?
0: Yes. It, it,
1: It looks like it's an absolutely ancient game, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you hit these indie games that... Yeah, you know, they look like they're straight out uh, uh, like the you know, 2010s or 2000s, uh, but yeah. this one looks straight out of, like early 90s almost.
0: Well, it says November 2021, but I'm guessing that's the date that they like you know approached Steam and were like, "We're publishers, we can
1: do this." Mm-hmm. But that, uh, but that's also the thing is that you know graphics are everything. Uh, yeah, true. I'm gonna do a quick Google search on this and see... Uh, It looks like it is a a pretty new game. It's just... uh, It has a very, very, very old art style. Right. Which, yeah, is definitely not a bad thing. It looks like it's also about chaos theory somehow. (laughs) At least, uh... According to the fluff piece from Rock Paper Shotgun, which you know they definitely don't try to you know uh, bolster uh, uh, their uh, games journalism, right?
0: No, never. They don't ever try to do that. They never try to do that ever. <laughs> no journalistic entity ever tries to boost their word count.
1: So yeah, I mean it's definitely an interesting one, and that is actually the end of my queue as well. Nice. Well, hey Rage. Why
0: don't you hit him with them socials? Well,
1: I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me occasionally tweeting over at Gaming with CR, or if you used to be my friend on Steam and have me, well... Well, I, well, I wouldn't be tweeting at you there, but I'd be doing something. Uh, Caffeine Rage there. You have been? I have been Jared. You
0: can find me on Twitter at JMA4707, whether that I might be... You, know, you, you never know what you're going to find with me on Twitter. Well, just don't offer I you a to...
1: Subway sandwich, right?
0: Right? Well, I mean, you could. I would I would still eat it. I mean, I, you know, I'm not Jared Fogel, but I would still eat it. <laughs> Fucking free sandwiches. Anybody wants to come offer me a free sandwich, I will take you up on it. But anyways, you can also be friends with me on Steam. Or, or not Steam. Well, I mean, I guess you could, but why, first why, come why, be my friend why, why on, on Discord. Right? First come be my friend on Discord. Um I also show up on a regular Twitch streams that are not ran by me. You can find those at twitch.tv slash runicarts. I am running a game about big stompy robots and am playing in one where I'm an evil vampire man who eats people for fun.
1: Also known as your real life. Very true. Or, or, or Very at least true. if uh yeah, uh, what you are in Sarah's mind.
0: <laughs> right. Right? I'm a Satanist who eats babies. That's me. That's what I do. Yeah,
1: which you no, know, it's totally untrue. We wait till they're toddlers because they're more tender and there's more meat that way.
0: Yes. Also, totally gonna join like the Church of Satan.
1: Oh, considering some of the stuff that they've been doing in Florida.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes so but yeah that's those are the places where that you can find me
1: as we go back to the top of the show notes uh once again if you wish to contact us vgopodcast at gmail.com with your letters voicemails game related topics uh you can drop them uh to us on twitter at Podcast as well or if you wish to drop by the discord you can find us over at Podcast.podbean.com with a link there As well as to all our stuff. Uh, Assuming Jared ever got around to putting his Rooted Arts link there. Because it's not my job. You're right.
0: It's not your job. And (laughs) I haven't done it. (laughs) I'll get there. I'll get to it eventually. Maybe.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah. There is till the heat death of the universe. True. Very true.
0: Or until my own death and failure to either... Ascend to the next level, uh, which is joining our robot overlords. In, like, as a robot or myself or with a consciousness transfer or something.
1: You know, I would take a pet. I I would take being a pet, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, uh, if you, uh, speaking of pet, there's Patreon, right? No. Woo! Hey, better than some of the segues you've come up with.
0: Very true. Uh,.
1: Patreon.com slash VNGL podcast to help pay for this absolute madness. And we do thank our patrons. Uh, our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our Discovery Cube music is doobly doo, both by Kevin McLoyd, and, and both can be found at incomputech.com. And
0: as always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. See
1: ya. Bye bye.